Welcome all, this is Justin Lomnes, the Lunatic Libertarian Podcast, the place to engage lunatic ideas about freedom, building skill sets, encouraging individual tangible knowledge, self-sufficiency, and engaging all of humanity, regardless of political affiliation, sex, race, color, creed, pronoun, preference, social economic background, or any label, title, or category you choose to affiliate yourself with. We appreciate all the knowledge for the better of all mankind, and we thank you for listening to The Lunatic Libertarian. Hello, everybody. I am Justin Lomnis, The Lunatic Libertarian, and I'm here with my guest, Dan Taxationist Theft Berman. How you doing, Dan? Hey, doing pretty good. How about you? Working hard, working hard. Right. It's <laughs> about all you can do, man. Yeah. Awesome. So why don't you let the people know who you are, man? Sure. Um, um man, that's always that's always a tough question because I'm like, it's so much stuff, man. Um so I'm a uh I'm I'm a I'm I'm just a liberty lover. I'm I'm just a person who likes being free. I don't like being told what to do. Um, but uh, not not necessarily for selfish reasons. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of you know I'm kind of in this to make the world a better place. But uh, but that's kind of um, that's me. I just like to be free. So uh, that turned me into a liberty activist. Um, the government came along a few times and tried to tried to rob me and. Um, and you know they, they, they tell me the government's there to protect me, but then they're the only ones trying to take all my stuff. So, uh, kind of, yeah, it's, yeah. Who are you protecting me from again? Anyway, so um, right, yeah. Just kind of wasn't wasn't too happy about that, and became a, an activist um, in all kinds of different ways. And it, it's like it started out over just taxes, which is how, how, how I, I I stuck with the name taxation and stuff, but. Um, uh, it, it's it's in so many so many other aspects, and the more I dig, the more I find other things. I mean, um, you know, I started I started becoming active in, in cannabis legalization. Um, you know, seeing way too many people go to prison for that. I started getting uh, becoming an activist in medicine, seeing how much big corporations are ripping people off in cooperation with the government. Correct. Um, and you know, just just seeing all this stuff and and. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I guess I'm a problem solver. I see a problem, I try to solve it, and uh, and um, yeah, that's that's that. I don't know. I could get into the whole history of growing up in California, but that, I think it's kind of kind of boring. Uh, <laughs> it was, yeah. I mean, they tried to brainwash me. They tried hard. Um, I, I think they succeeded in a couple ways, but I was able to to undo that. <laughs> so. Um, and you have ran under the Libertarian Party for uh, the governorship of Texas, correct? Yep, um, I did for a little bit. Um, I butted some heads with some some people, and, and that uh, I, I I came to the realization I could do a lot more good um, fighting for freedom uh, by by discontinuing that campaign. But before that, I did run for president uh, until the bitter end um, as a as a Libertarian candidate, um, and and that was awesome. And you know, in, in both of those races, uh, I met a lot of people. I talked to a lot of people. I learned a lot of new things um, as far as, you know, problems that needed to be solved. Um, so, you know, I, I'm not sitting in the White House right now. I'm not sitting in the governor's mansion in, in Texas. But, um, but you know, I have reached a lot of people and I have learned a lot of things that, that have helped um, to turn to take the activism that I do to help a lot more people. Um, so that's that's really the important part to me. It, it sounds like you're doing a wonderful job. We met to, uh, each other on Clubhouse, and that was when I was first starting to really ramp up my involvement uh, with the Liberty Movement. And um, it wasn't on a very good note that we started on, but we worked our way through that to have this conversation now. So, I mean, um, people don't always have to agree when we first start uh, having a dialogue. But if you can get through the strife and the struggle of, you know, the butting of the heads, um, you can, you can actually come to a common ground with most people. You, you would agree with that? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I even find that like a lot of the fights between people who are in the same group just come from, you know, 
they, they fundamentally believe the same things, but they have different language to, to explain different things. So it's like, yep. you know, somebody says my favorite color is red. And then the other person says, no, green is a much better color. But like through, through, you know, like through perception, they might be looking at the same color and saying like, no, that's the best color. And it's like, oh, you call that red, I call that green. And it's like, well, we totally agree on something, but we've been using these wrong words. And I see this a lot in, in a lot of, um, uh, just, just a lot of the ways that people um, disagree with each other. But it, it's, it's bigger than that too, because ultimately you have, uh, you have bigger problems that, you know, especially you could say like the left-right paradigm, um, right. Democrats, Republicans, like all these things, like, a lot of that is it's it's a little bit more complex than, than just words, but it's it's the same kind of thing. It's ultimately, you know, people want to be free and they want to be left alone and they want to be able to live happy lives. And and the the solutions that both sides push to that are usually trying to get that for themselves. Um, but they're they're being told that that it's the other side that's getting in their way. And and really, you know, I, like I can say usually the, the left is the one who's accused of not wanting to just be left alone and live a happy life. They're the ones who always want to take everything from the right. But the reality is they want to take things from the right because they're told you're living in poverty because the right took everything from you. And the only way to get out of poverty is to take everything back. Right. And, and, and so like, if you go back to like, okay, let's, let's forget about taking things and, and who's got what let's go back to, would you be happy if you could just be left alone and you could have everything that you needed, like food and shelter and like all these other things and didn't have to, you know, and it's like, and, and it's like, yeah, yeah, they would be happy with that. Um, and, and so fundamentally everybody wants the same thing. And it's like, but they're arguing over like these things. And, and a lot of it's just, you know, crap that politicians gave them to, to say like, Oh, you have to, you have to fight for this and you have to hate those people. And, and, yeah, so it's it's it really sucks, but it's it's um, it's like we're being manipulated with language. I would totally agree, and I think it's changing on a daily basis. Now, when when you look at the um, language that was used when Henry Anslinger was uh, pushing for cannabis prohibition back in the uh, early '30s, I believe, um, do you think that um, we were having an issue with language back then because it was these people are going to do you wrong? because they're under the influence of this product that comes from another country, supposedly. And now we, we have to make it um, prohibited so that we can protect other people. Do you think that um, that policy making has just grown exponentially since those times? Yeah, I mean, I think um, so. So there's definitely a little bit of language contributing to that. Like we know we know they were using the word marijuana because they were they were trying to create like this whole like anti-Mexican um, fear-mongering thing towards the prohibition um but i i think the 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 reasons the reasons that they wanted to ban it were different um but also i mean you know you look at the 70s when, when nixon really kicked off the whole drug war it's because like all the hippies were like you know they were anti-war and he's like oh we, we gotta go to war and they're yep. like no we we gotta not go to war and he's like, well, I can't, I can't arrest these people just for free speech. So I guess I'll arrest them for all that weed they're smoking. Um, Correct. But, but it does, it does come back to that, you know, that same thing. Like just because they're, you know, just because they're all smoking weed doesn't mean you can just go out and arrest them. You need to convince the rest of the country that like, oh, these are, these are bad people. They're smoking this drug and it's making them stupid. So like, so I guess in a way that that is kind of um, linguistic, but it's also, it's manipulation, but I guess it's linguistic in the way that, you know, if, if somebody says the word cannabis, one person hears like, oh, yeah, this is this is something that I enjoy to consume and it makes me feel happy. Um, but to another person, it's, oh, that's bad. That turns people into rapists and murderers and, and makes them commit crimes. And, and so so in that way, it's like, yeah, you can use one word and and you're dividing the population based on how they perceive that word. So, so I think, yeah, it does have a lot to do with it. I think it's, it's, it's become public policy now to make sure that that happens, especially when you have all these secular groups that are thinking in the hierarchy standard that now um, maybe in the practice of our modern, of our history, that they weren't on the highest level of the hierarchy group. But now most people, um, no matter what race, color, creed you are, can participate in society fully. 
Now, it, it, it's subject to sometimes, you know, their skill sets or their knowledge or maybe sometimes their environment is not that great for them. But we have examples of people that grew up in terrible environments that actually uh, prospered even more because of the strife. So um, would you think that if everybody was uh, given a free pass uh, in public policy to where there was no more prohibition for anything, um, whether it be guns or um, uh, drugs or anything like that, I mean, you still have to keep in the prohibition against murder, rape, anything that's violent towards another human being, obviously. But if, if people were given that opportunity, what do you think would be the outcome? And I know it's a, a, a kind of a loaded question, but if people were given the freedom to participate in things that actually make them happy instead of having to worry about, you know, the law coming in and, when you know, their policy officers, that's why they're called police officers. They, they enforce public policy, not just um, what keeping the peace between individuals, which that's what they were originally intended for. So, um what do you think would be like an outcome if actually people were um, going to experience that in this lifetime? Yeah. I want to thank you for pointing that out. Cause like, like there, I mean, there is a huge difference and like people don't recognize that's, that's where like police comes from there. It's policy enforcement versus like what you said, the peacekeepers, like, like sheriffs used to be called peacekeepers or, you know, you could have, um, there, there's a movement now for constitutional sheriffs who, who, prefer that word peacekeeper more um but yeah that's exactly it because when you're a peacekeeper you're looking to prevent people from from doing those things that you said like murdering and stealing from people these things that violate other people whereas when you're consuming something on your own you're not violating it you're not violating anybody so it, it is really just about your happiness and there's you know everybody's happiness is different what makes you happy what you what you you know how you want to live your life what you want to do with your life what defines success? This is all different for everybody. And I think that's that's something that's really important to understand because we have this um, we have this mentality of what success is. And you know, it, it usually manifests in the form of parents telling their kids, you have to go to school and get good grades so that you can get a good job, so you can do and like that's the success. And we know that like that creates a lot of um, a lot of uh, resistance and you know with kids like no i just want to be a kid i want to do this i want to enjoy my life right um and so so what does it really mean to be successful and and a lot of i've seen a lot of people that you know they work their ass off their whole life they they have a lot of money and they're like but i'm not happy and then they get to a breaking point where they're like you know what i'm done with this i'm gonna retire earlier i'm gonna shift my mindset into something that, that, that that's more about happiness and right. their life just totally turns around and it's like and they regret wasting so much of their life just working in this machine and and what's interesting about that is like this is what um this is what the school system really pushes right it's it's and and, and this is really toxic like for so many different reasons because it forces you to say hey go, go go borrow a couple hundred thousand dollars so you can go to some expensive college so that you can get a high salary and then it turns out oh wait i have the degree but i'm not getting the high salary there aren't jobs for that now i have this debt and it's like it's like, like there's so many, there's so many toxic things within the system. Uh, and, and it's like, it's like, yeah, you can, you can spend your entire life chasing what other people tell you is happiness, but it's like, no, you have to really understand that for yourself. And like, I, and I get like, there's the other end too. Like, oh, well, people can just do whatever they want. They're going to go smoke drugs and, and they're going to, it's going to escalate. It's going to go to worse drugs. They're going to do heroin because heroin makes you happy. And, you know, and it's like, it's like, that, that's not necessarily true. But sometimes it is a good thing. Like, um, uh, I can't think of his name right now. Uh, Russell Brand. Uh, he, he did a lot of drugs, like bad drugs. And he went, through, he went through rehab, and he's an amazing person now. And a lot of the good things that he says um, to spread, you know, happiness and, and knowledge throughout the world is a result of the rehabilitation and everything that he went through. It's, it's his journey, right? Uh, and so, you know, does he regret doing all these drugs at some point? I'm sure. Um, but does he regret having that experience so that he could be who he is now? I, I like, you know, I know a lot of people, I don't know him specifically, but I know a lot of people who have been in that position and they're like, I wouldn't trade that in because this, this is where, how I got where I am. Now, yeah, there's tragedies. There's people who, who you know, they take the wrong drugs, they overdose and, and, and they die. And, and these things are terrible. 
but we also have to understand that, you know, if something is shunned by society and it's put on a black market, you get into situations where people, they want to try things. They want to do things. They're hanging out with bad crowds who are breaking the law just by being there because, because it's a black market. Um, if people are, you know, somebody overdoses and everyone's afraid to take them to a hospital. Um, people are, are mixing in toxic chemicals with their drugs. Um, just like, oh, it'll get you higher. And it's like, oops, somebody died. I don't care. I'm, I got paid. Um, you know, like all these, all these problems happened. And the reality is if, if we didn't treat it like such a, a bad thing, then people could get help and people could experiment with drugs and they'd be able to do it more safely. Um, and, and a lot of these problems would go away and it doesn't mean the world's going to be perfect. The world's never going to be perfect. Right. I mean, even if you were to eliminate guns and drugs and all these other things completely throughout the world, you know, you're still going to have accidents. People, someone's going to build a skyscraper and forget to strap in his harness and he's going to fall to his death. Correct. It's going to happen. Um, you know, people are going to get, the people are going to get in, in relationships and they're going to have bad relationships. They're going to fight with each other. And, and maybe like, maybe they're going to attack each other violently, or maybe they're just going to drive angry, which is going to cause them to crash into something. Like bad things happen. The, the world is not a perfect place and we can try to reduce these but one thing that we really can't do is we can't say that person is doing something to themselves. And so therefore I'm going to do something to them even worse and lock them in a cage and, and give them a criminal record and make sure that they can never get a job. Um, right. And, and, and push them towards a life of poverty. And, and, you know, and it's like, that. like, how are you helping them? Um, you, you're not, if anything, you're, you know, you're, you're protecting. And I hear this all the time. Like you, I don't want, I don't want that stuff around my kids. Well, it's just ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Because myself, I'm a felon and I'm considered a quote unquote violent felon by threatening to blow up a police department while intoxicated on legal drugs, which was alcohol at the time. And, uh, I'm, I'm very thankful that I caught my case before all this craziness that happened with more mass shootings and all this other stuff, because um, I probably wouldn't be sitting here having this conversation with you right now, um, given the way that um, people have been treated in the criminal justice system, which is just criminal. There is no justice. So I completely agree with you on that, that we have public policy that had good intentions when it was written, but then politicians have to make sure that they have job security. So they constantly keep writing in all this other crap, which doesn't mean anything. Um, my personal opinion is we can go straight back to the Constitution of the United States across the board, each state, and we can deregulate a whole bunch of stuff and then rebuild. Now, when we talk about um, illicit drugs or illegal drugs, a lot of them are sold in pharmaceutical markets legally. You can get a prescription for methamphetamine. You can get a prescription for heroin. Yes, there are, and they're lower schedule than uh, marijuana. If if I remember correctly, I think marijuana is still uh, schedule one, or cannabis is still schedule one. No medical use, they say. Correct. Yeah. And it's absolutely ridiculous. Everybody that's been using cannabis for uh, thousands and thousands of years absolutely understands that it has medicinal purposes because you have an endocannabinoid system. So anything anything to the contrary is absolute pseudoscience in my opinion. But yet again, we can educate ourselves on how these policies were implemented from Henry, Andrew, Henry Anslinger all the way forward because he was the first drug czar. And then you can see how public policy has just been a nightmare. Now, my 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 personal perspective is if we can uh, end the drug war, uh, open free trade, end the violence in other countries, stop supplying money uh, to combat production and stuff like that. Because if, just, if you make it another commodity, obviously the market is going to say this is how this is going to work. It has nothing other to do but entice people's brains to say, oh, this is naughty. I, I, I'm getting dopamine and uh, adrenaline rushes right now just thinking about, ooh, I can do something naughty. And that's basically the premise behind the don't uh, just say no program. No, Most kids didn't know anything about drugs until the just say no program came into it. And then, holy shit, I can, I can, I can take this product and go on the street and not sit in this fucking classroom and I can go make thousands of dollars in a week? Like, come on now. 
we understand what 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 the actual psychology is behind these programs. We understand we lived it. We went through the crack era. We went through the um, the heroin era. I mean, all the way from the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. I mean, to now. I mean, it's just a cycle of heroin, crack, cocaine, all the way back to um, heroin again now. You know, opioids or, I mean, however you want to classify it, it's still, it's still you know, poppy, you know, produced into yeah. another product. So, and I think Dr. Christopher Hart said that even though he was using heroin recreationally, you know, um, it, it, it's, it depends on the individual. And if you want, and I think he's a chemist, um, if you want to know about something, you have to induce it into your own body to actually get a full understanding. And I think he was uh, saying that on the Joe Rogan podcast. But, I mean, uh, a lot of what people think about illicit uh, drugs, it it is all a propaganda scheme. There is no science behind it. It's all to get your mind to think, oh, this is negative. But in some people's minds, it goes to, ooh, negative. I'm doing something wrong. Stop what I'm doing. In other people's minds, it's, ooh, something's wrong. Yeah, maybe I want to cross that line a little bit because I like the danger factor. And, I mean, that's human nature. It is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people like skydiving. They like skiing. I mean, how many people have died skiing? You know, these are all dangerous things, but they're exciting. Correct. Um, you know, they, they, they enjoy doing this. And and even more, you know, technically accurate is when you do these things, your, your body is producing drugs itself. Like you're, you know, uh, uh, um, adrenaline and dopamine and like all these things. These are, you're creating chemicals within your body. And like some people say, oh, but it's, you know, like either they'll say it's bullshit or, or now that like, you know, I guess, I guess science is becoming more popular and everyone knows it's true. It's, it's like, yeah, but that's natural. And it's like, yeah, but you can, I mean, you can still like, you can overdose, you can do crazy stuff on these things. I mean, like you can, you know, you can get heart attacks. You can do, like the, these things are all dangerous and like they can make you make bad decisions. So you end up crashing into a tree or so like so many, so many things can go wrong. And it's like, but we have to understand that if this is what makes you happy, um, as long as you're not hurting anybody else, like there's, there's really no problem. With it. It's, it's, you know, this is your journey. This is your life. You're creating these moments. Um, you know, you're, you're experimenting with your mind, which is, I mean, that's, that's another thing. Like so many people, um, and, and this is, this one's, this one I think is kind of difficult for a lot of people to understand. It's just, um, take, like actually taking to, to speak in drug terms, taking the trip, like go, you know, going through your mind on a journey through your mind that, um, you know, I know, I know people who have done, you know, everything from mushrooms to LSD to like some of these other things. I don't even, I don't even know the names for ayahuasca and like all those other things. Like they're going through a journey to like help them find themselves and, and, and understand the world and all these other things and come to terms with their own mind. And like to so many people who just don't get that, it's like, no, that's, that's bullshit. They're just like, you know, but it's like, no, there's just actual like thoughts going on in somebody's head when this happens. And, and the end result is like actually something amazing because people transform themselves. They turn, they, they, some, some people go from like angry people or, or from somebody with PTSD to somebody who can say like, Hey, I, I understand people now. I understand when I see somebody who's walking down the street and they're mad, maybe I should go say something nice to them because they're just having a bad day and I'm going to make the world a better place just by doing that. And it, like, these are, these are sometimes the results of taking these drugs that are like the most dangerous, like, you know? Well, I mean, people have that journey of taking different um, uh, illicit substances, let's say, or different substances that you get from the street because it's not provided through a legal avenue, let's say. So you go on a, that kind of a journey. There, are, I'll tell you a, a journey that I went through through the VA. I went through the VA's drug journey. And you want to talk about prescription medications that are handed out like nothing. I mean, I've, I've taken them all from gabapentin to um, uh, you want to talk about lithium or Depakote or uh, Effexor XR or uh, uh, Prozac or any kind of uh, anti um what are they? SS. What the hell are they? Um, yeah, SS something in, in inhibitors. Uh, yeah, neural like, inhibitors. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Uh, SSRIs or something, some shit like that. But yeah, it, it, it's um, it. But they'll hand them out all day. But if you want to go consume cannabis, 
which you already know gives you the effect that you like. I mean, just think of the people that go out and consume whatever drugs they're consuming on a street level. And then you take anybody that's on a prescription medication. How many people that are on the prescriptions will tell you, I just take it to function, but I'm fucking miserable. And how many people on the other end are like, I'm cool. I, I just take this to make sure that I can jive on or and relax and make sure that life is not too serious to me, but I'm, I can, I can make it through the day. No problem. I can be functional as a human being without any detriment, but the people that are on the prescription medications are the ones saying, yeah, my life still sucks, but I can get up and go to work every day. Yeah. I, I, I want to say this too, because I mean, you said like, you know, they, like people say they, they take it to like, not take things so serious. And it's like, that's actually a really good thing. Like people don't realize, like, like I tell people all the time, don't, like, don't take life so seriously because it's like, I mean, like you do, like you, you become obsessed with like something isn't working right. And, and it's like, it, it's like that creates like, like for frustration and, and um, anxiety and, and depression and like all these other like really bad negative effects because you're taking things too seriously. Instead of just recognizing like, Hey, this is my life. I'm just going to enjoy it. I'm going to die someday. Um, can't take any of this stuff with me. Like, let me just like, let me just try to enjoy my life and like not take things so seriously. And like, I get it. Like, you know, cause some people are like very competitive, right? You have your, you have your career, you have to outdo the other guy in the, in, in the corporate office setting so that you can, you know, perform <laughs> something better so you can get higher up the line. And I get it. Like people are competitive, but even then, like, even if you're in a competitive thing, like, I don't think you can take that approach. I mean, like even like Olympic swimmers or whatever, like like um, what's his name Phelps, like, who happened to be a huge cannabis user. Like um, you know, I, I, and I don't know what his position is, but like I, I would say, like even if that's your yeah, work hard, right? Work hard and, and 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 try to be the best at what you do. But don't take things so seriously that like if you don't make it, you're gonna break down in tears. Like oh my god. I, I didn't get the world record or I didn't, it's like at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. You can't take these things that serious. And like, you know, I think that's what happens if like, um, like that really makes a difference. Like if you make a loss, you don't, you don't hit your, your target exactly where you want it to. Like you break down into tears and into depression and like all these other things. And it's like, that's, that's no good. Like, you know, if you did it great, If, if you didn't, just try harder next time. But like, it's not the end of the world. Don't take it so serious. Right. And it depends on where people derive their satisfaction from as they're trying to achieve stuff. It just depends on what satisfies. What satisfies one person doesn't satisfy for everybody else. You know, um, when I go to work every day, I look at that. I keep trucks on the road, make people safe and make sure that products get to where they need to go. Make sure commodities are shipped back and forth uh, via the road transportation. So, I mean, um, I take satisfaction in that, that the vehicles that I work on, families can drive right next to them and know that they're mechanically sound and they're not, there's not going to be an issue. So, I mean, that's where I derive my satisfaction from doing that because I know there's a lot of other people out there that are not going to take the attention to detail to actually accomplish that. So, try and provide the best yeah. service possible to the customer without, you know, bankrupting them. But yet again... Uh, the personal responsibility that goes into taking care of a vehicle is another thing that people neglect because uh, do you think that a lot of people, because this is what I think, I think people push responsibilities onto others because um, they feel that that's how the society is built. I can push, you know, raising, uh, educating my children onto the school. I can put um, uh, the quality of my groceries on the grocery store instead of, you know, if I were to produce my own products, if I were to educate my own children, you know, what is going to be the end product that if I were to do it on my own, you know, do you, do you think people do that? And then they get mad on uh, the results of what they get because they, um, what do they, what do they say? They, um, you know, they, um, the words escaping me, uh, what the hell can't even think right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. D don't, don't figure out what you're thinking of uh, because um, I'm trying to like come up with what I'm going to say next. And like, I don't know where to start, but cause I get what you're saying. And there's like, there's like a lot of aspects to this. Um, but like, it, it, like, okay. So um, 
yeah, there's so many different ways I could, like I could go on this. There's you know, <laughs> so you see somebody driving down the street, right, and they're driving like a like a beat up piece of shit car, right? Like now, some people will look at that and be like, "How can like how can that guy be happy driving that piece of crap around, right?" And it's like, okay, yeah, you might not be, but it's like, it's like, who cares? Is he is he unhappy? Like, is he, does he look like he's having a problem there? Like, and if he is, maybe you want to help him out with something. But like, but like, just to, to, to just like look at it, like, like why do why why do people do that in their heads? Like, they see something and they just kind of like get judgmental, and it's like maybe he doesn't care. I mean, like. I like I, I for I've never bought a new car in my entire life, and like I, the last car I bought, it was it was I paid thirty five hundred bucks. It was a ten year old like old SUV, just like you know it ran and had all all wheel drive, four wheel drive. Like I was like cool like that, right? But um, it wasn't like there's nothing like fit. you look at it and it kind of looks like I mean it wasn't totally falling apart, but like it doesn't look fancy or anything, and I'm like. I'm, I'm cool with that, right? And I know, like, some people look, look at that and be like, oh, yeah, well, I got this new Tesla. And, like, and it's like, well, yeah, that's cool, but, like, who cares, right? And so, like, I, but I know, like, some people like to, you know, to your point about, like, they, they try to, like, put those those values on on other people. And I know, like, I've, I've done the same thing. So, like, now that I bought a house and, like, I've had to go through construction and, and have people work on my house and, like, they finish things and I'm like, Oh man, this guy did a really shitty job. Because <laughs> right? who sets the standard is the question. Who sets the standard? Because nobody's exactly. gonna live up to my standard if I haven't, and nobody's gonna live up to your standard. So right. but it, but but so this is like, but now that like these thoughts are getting into my head, like when people work on my house, now I'm like, I you know, I'm kind of like, okay, let me supervise and make sure they do it right. But but now I even know what a good job looks like and what a bad job looks like. So now I can walk down the street and see all my neighbors' houses and be like, oh, they fucked that up, right? (laughs) But it's like, but at the end of the day, it's like, it's like, man, if they did that to my house, I would be mad. Well, yeah, I'd probably be mad because I paid for it. But like, you know, especially if somebody charged a lot for it. But at the same time, it's like it's somebody else's house, and it's like if I didn't have these, if I didn't have that experience of going through and having somebody, you know do that same repair on my house and they left a hole in the wall like i never would have even noticed right like that's the thing like it's it's like all these thoughts that get into my head about you know oh it's is it perfect and it's like it's like yeah you can paint a wall and be like wait is this the same color paint i don't know and it's like wait is it because it's not dry yet and you can start like noticing i see a line like there's two different colors like it's it's, but it's like at the end of the day, it's, it's all nonsense. And like you invite people over to your house, and they don't even know. They don't. They don't see these things. They don't give a all shit about bad. that. You know. You know. You yeah. have some people that are um, that feel that they are higher up in the hierarchy. That feel that they can come in and critique. You know. Oh, why did you choose this color? And it's like, who gives a shit what color it is? The wall is the only reason that we had paint invented was to protect the wall. It wasn't to, you know, it was to protect the wall from damage. It wasn't to do anything else. It wasn't to make your, oh, this room look bigger. It wasn't meant for any of that. It was like, um, yeah, this seals in all the cracks. This is pretty good. You know, it was lead-based at the time, so it was all too thick. You know, this seals in. Instead of putting insulation in the wall at the time, we're going to put paint up, and that's going to keep the wind out. You know, that, 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 that type of shit. But who sets the standard? You know, who sets the standard on education? Who sets the standard on skill sets? Who sets the standard on who's supposed to give a shit about what everybody's supposed to give a shit about? And this is where we have this major conflict going on, especially in the United States, because, you know, um, I look at it on the political spectrum that Republicans are losing power. Democrats are losing power. The narrative's collapsing because now everybody can interact with each other if they so choose, just like this right here. And if people want to grasp onto the information that's being um, spouted here, then they can grasp onto it and say it to the next person, the next person, the next person. And pretty soon the whole narrative changes. You know, it's just like uh, COVID has changed now to where, well, it's your own risk assessment, you know, coming out of Dr. Fauci. But holy crap, you know, two months ago, three months ago, if you said any of that on the Internet, you are a piece of shit. There is nothing good about your life. You are nothing, you know, and it's just like, I don't know. I I think that uh, the people that make decisions understand because of their experiences that not everything is crimson's clovers, rainbows and unicorns. Life is hard. You know, we we put too much value on material things when they can be taken away from you in an instant. You know, this money, 
it, it's money, it's paper, you know, just because you think it has value and I think it has value. That's why we can exchange this paper for paper and, oh, everything's hunky-dory, even though it's worth absolutely nothing. You know, it's worth whatever the paper is made out of and the ink that it's made out of, you know. Um, so it's people, uh, I think, are changing their mindsets as far as where they derive their securities from. I think they're giving up on this government structure that I, they're going to tell me everything that I need to do because I, I can I, I can probably throw a rock and hit 900 people that circumvent the government one form or way or other, you know, on a daily basis, you know, but they'll still vote for Democrats just because, oh, well, I'm a do-gooder, so I'm going to do right for everybody because then the government tells everybody what they're going to do. You know, it's like, get the hell out of here. Or I'm going to vote Republican and I'm going to have this nice moral standard and I'm going to be you know, higher up than everybody else. It's like, get the fuck out of here. You're a human being. I'm a human being. Let's start the conversation there and let's move forward. Because if, if you cannot see me as a human being, then there's no conversation to be had. And I think that's a, the, the, the problem also with all the secularization. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's weird because, I mean, like you said, it's, it's, um, I see money as, as belief, right? Like you believe it's worth something and people say like, well, it's, it's not just, you believe it's worth something. Like you can take it somewhere and you can buy things with it. It's like, yeah, because the person you're buying from also believes it's worth something and they believe it's worth something because you can take that and buy it from somebody else. But it's like, okay, what about inflation? You can believe inflation doesn't exist, <laughs> which which is interesting because, you know, for the past, I don't know, six months, year or something, whatever, when they're talking about, like, you know, these stimuluses and they're going to print all this money and do all these things, there were there were all these articles coming out saying inflation is not going to happen. It's just not it's not a thing. Like, yeah, this is why we can print all this money. And there's not going to be inflation. And now well, that's like, the oh, propaganda campaign that followed. That, that was a propaganda campaign that followed. Exactly. Tell you, oh, this is just fine. But but this is but this is the thing, and I see people. I see like um, I think it was I think it was Thomas Massey was criticizing like one of these uh, you know one of these people who's just like oh my god I can't believe this inflation which was like the same newspaper that was saying there's not going to be any inflation and it's like and he's like well I hope they learned it and I'm like no they, that's that's the point they didn't learn anything because it's not like they made a mistake they misled people that was the whole point of it the the, the whole point wasn't like. Things are going to be okay. We're going to get through this. It was, we're going to lie to you so yep. that we can do something that's going to benefit us. I mean, the, the people who printed that money, they have to deal with inflation. They have to deal with higher prices and everything right now, too. But that's okay because they inflated the money themselves. They were able to spend it while it was still worth something. And so now that everything else is inflated, they're like, we don't care. We're still the richest people in the world. Right. Right. So, so but that, that propaganda campaign change the belief in people to like think this money's still great we can do all the stimulus stuff and the money's still great and now they're starting to see the high prices and it's like and it's like yeah like and and the scary thing is a lot of people are going to learn from this a lot of people aren't going to learn from this but then also when the time comes for this to happen again it's going to be another generation they're going to, you know, they, they always target the kids with like a lot of these campaigns They go through like colleges and everything else. They get the young, influential, like new voters coming out. We're going to vote for this guy because, I mean, look, look at how many young people were supporting Joe Biden because they thought he was going to cancel the student debt and all this other stuff. Those people weren't around when they voted for Obama and got screwed with that one. I was one of those. I was young. I was, I was, uh, how old was I? 20 something, early 20s. And Obama came around and I was sick of the wars. And I was like, yeah, we got to end these wars. And Obama says he's going to end the wars. I'm going to vote nope. for Obama. They fooled me. They tricked me. And then, but I learned. I learned from that. I didn't vote for him the second time. But it's like, but, and then I got to the point where I'm like, this is it. Like, like my, my vote doesn't even count. I, I'm not even going to bother voting anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much at that point. But now it's like they're going after the younger kids again. Yes. And they're coming out and they're like, they're like oh, yeah, this, I know it's, it's the, this, yeah, all those, all those other politicians were terrible people, but this new guy, he's, oh, he's amazing. It's this new guy who's not even a new guy. Like Biden's been around for 50 years passing racist laws and doing all this other stuff. And it's like, but they don't know. They didn't live through all that. They didn't see it. So it's correct. It's, it's a new guy with a new plan and a new strategy. He's going to fix everything and make it go away. And so it's like, 
They want you to idolize an individual to solve all the problems, which is really, really messed up, especially in the United States, that you don't worship kings in the United States. And that's basically what they're saying they're, they're doing. And executive orders are being spewed out like what Donald Trump did. He spewed out executive orders, which can be as soon as the next president takes office, they can be wiped out. And it's kind of funny because I, I found out that OSHA was created under an executive order. A bunch of organizations were created under executive orders. And you can just wipe them out if you were to actually reach that precedent to being the president of the United States. But, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I think that people aren't informed enough because uh, who teaches them? The Department of Education. Who controls the Department of Education? The government. Who do they steal the money from? The people. And then who do they not educate? The people. So they can keep taking their money and keep telling them what they can and cannot do. And everybody's just like, okay, I guess, you know, big government's going to, you know, well, that's all I can do. Yeah. You know, there's nothing else. So. <coughs> yeah, I mean, like, that's, that's, that's the thing, too, right? Like, you can, I mean, that, that's like, that's the oldest swindle in the book, right? Is like, you say, like, oh, no, no, no. Like, I'm going to teach you how to play this card game. Right. And I just like I talk real fast. I give you all these rules. I make things sound crazy. So you don't understand it. Next thing you know, it's like, oh, no, I win. I win. No. Yeah, I win. No. See, yeah, no. Yeah. You didn't get this other rule. No, I win again. Like, that's what they're doing. They're like making the rules extremely complex. Look, go look up the law of anything. There's like, a million oh, yeah. Laws. Like, if you try to, like, learn all these laws that you're supposed to obey to be a good citizen, like you can't even read through it. One, because it's a million pages. Two, because it's written in some language that resembles English, but it's not. <laughs> like, like you, you can't. And so now they're like, and so, what, so what's happened is like they've given up and they're just like, you know what? I don't know how to play this game. Just tell me, just tell me what I need to do. Oh, I need to send you a check. Here you go. I don't get the game. Just here's the money. Just do whatever you got to do. And that's like, it, it sucks. But like, it, it, you know. And, and I know a lot of people are out there, like, they start to, like, pay attention to one little aspect of this, but it's, like, even when you try to do that, like, the machine is so big and so complex, it's, like, you, you can't do it in every aspect. And so, you, and, and this is where you get a lot of people fighting over, like, no, this is, good. This is how we fix this one thing, and it's, like, yeah, but that's going to affect something else over here, and, you know, and, and it's because this is, it is a massive um, complex machine, but it's like, hey, you know what? We, we can start throwing parts of that machine away. Correct. Uh, aren't doing anyone any good. Then it'll be simpler to understand, but we have to stop listening to these politicians because the politicians want the machine to get bigger and more complex so that we can just be, so we can feel stupid looking at it and just be like, you guys do whatever you got to do. Like, that's, that's what they want. They want us to just like hand over that power and just be like, you guys just, they're not smart. They're not geniuses. They don't know what they're doing. No. Uh, but they just keep us bewildered, and 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 we hand over control. That's that's what they want. And it's it's quite ridiculous. I I, I love the um, there's two movie quotes. The one is from uh, the Kingdom, where the FBI um, the head of the FBI sits down with the uh, Department of uh, or the Secretary of State or whatever, and he says, um, "Once you find out that life is finite." Uh, finite you'll never be scared to lose it that is a total quote that people can live by once you find out that life is finite you're not afraid to lose it anymore and then you will always strive to obtain what is meaningful to you versus what's meaningful to other people you know and that is that's that's probably the hugest thing that people can learn nowadays is that it's it's it, it's about you but if you can help other people in the long run by being you that is awesome and usually people will always be there in your corner to make sure that your security will always be there as well. And I mean, um, when we first had our conversations on Clubhouse, I, we, we, we had a riff and then I apologized. I said, yeah, I'm sorry. I was too drunk. And then I was like, well, what's what's that website you have? And you were talking about nugs of knowledge. Went right on there. Was like, boom, boom, boom. Place an order. Here you go, man. This is, you know, it's an olive branch. It's I'm going to support you supporting myself you know what i mean and you know i received the product and it was great and you know i didn't reorder it because now i can go right down the road and go hit up my local store <laughs> and i'm you know it's my local shop you know i live in a town of three thousand so um so i do it that way you know but anything that you know help other people out no matter what 
you know, it's because it doesn't matter, you know, because in the end, as long as, you know, people talk about karma or and stuff like that, if you do good for other people, usually good comes upon you and people have taken that to a religious aspect and all kinds of other stuff. That's just human nature. If you help other people, people will help you, you know, and that's just yeah. the way that it usually goes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, these are, these are some like really important lessons that, that we don't learn in school. They don't, they don't teach us this. And it would be great if we learned this from our parents, but the reality is like our parents, like, you know, it's not that it's not that they're bad parents or they do a bad job, but they don't have all this wisdom either. I mean, a lot of our parents are, are doing their best and, um, and they just don't know all the things to teach, but like, you know, to the, to that point, like some of the, some of the most important lessons that I've ever learned is, you know, if you want to be successful, help other people, like stop trying to help yourself, help other people, because it does like, it, I don't want to say it's karma or come, you know, anything like, you know, mystical, universal, whatever, but it's Correct. Like just the fact that like you help people and you stop to admire other people's success that starts a conversation and you learn from them and they teach you and they become, I mean, people who are successful, they, they, they love to share like, Oh, this is how I did this. Oh, it's so great. It's so amazing. Check this out. It's brilliant. And you learn from that and then you go do it yourself. And like, you're probably going to be so happy that you succeeded in doing the same thing that you're going to share that knowledge with somebody else. And it's like, this is like, it, it's that whole, it, it's just that whole thought of like, like stop focusing on, what you can take from other people and start focusing on what you can do for other people. And, and it will absolutely come back. Like it's, it, it, that's just how it works. Like, it, yep. um, you know, I, I don't know how to explain it, but it's, it's like, that's, that's probably like one of the most important lessons anyone can ever learn. Um, but they're not going to teach us that in school. They're going to teach us, they, they teach us to be selfish. They teach us like, Oh, you have to be at the top of the class so that you can get the, you know, $500,000 loan and dig yourself into a hole. <laughs> it's, it's, it's nuts. It's absolutely, it's total bullshit. Um, you know, so you can work in the factory so you can spend your entire life, you know, earning a pension so that you can sit around and do nothing for the last 20 years of your life. There are no pensions around any fucking more. There are no pensions. There's hardly yeah. any unions. All that stuff is that's seventies, um, eighties, and maybe in the, even the early two thousands. I think that's when pensions really went away. And if you had a pension, you were the first one to get chopped. You were, oh, well, yeah. you're done. Yeah, and now it's now it's Social Security, but it's like it's not going to be long, around much longer either. Right. Well, I, I promote um, people having as many skill sets as they can have and uh, tangible skill sets, you know, use knowledge that you can use on an everyday life um, from tying your shoes to walking down the stairs. Those are skill sets. Please, believe me, there are people that lose them and have to relearn them. So um, just try and be good people. Try and be good people to other people. Uh, don't back down from people. Invite some conflict, but don't take it so personal that you can't open your ears to the to the wisdom of other people. And I, I love Dan because he opened my ears to a lot of things. I'm hoping that I open his ears to a lot of things. And um, we're, we're having a mutual conversation right here because I've claimed to be a libertarian. I think Dan claims to be a libertarian. I'm the lunatic libertarian because I am fucking batshit crazy. I will tell you that I'm, I'm batshit crazy, but that's just me. That's a journey that I've been on. Um, it, Dan, do you want to tell everybody where they can uh, find? I have um, your uh, website, nugofknowledge.com. Um, is there any place else that uh, people can find information about you? Yeah, let me uh, let me just send everybody to uh, danforfreedom.com. Um, that's that's I guess that's that's more about me. Um, you know, that's my uh, that's where you can find my Twitter and Facebook and all that kind of stuff. Um, actually, not Facebook because they they don't like me. They kick me out um, from all my <laughs> shenanigans. But, um, but yeah, that, that links to the Twitter and, and that's probably going to be more, um, you know, about all the stuff that I'm working on. Um, Nug of Knowledge is one of my projects. That's where, where I sell um, Delta 8 uh, cannabis products. Um, we've got gummies and, and uh, vaporizers and like all kinds of cool stuff there. We call it high science weed because it's, it's like, and it's legal in most places because it's not actual THC, but it will make you feel pretty good. Uh, but I'm not allowed to say that, so that's not really what I meant. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, 
But uh, um, and then there's taxationstuff.info where I help people learn to not pay income tax because that's a whole scam. Um, and um, yeah, I'm, I'm involved honestly in a, in a bunch of projects. I can't list them all, but Dan for Freedom is probably where that's going to manifest, like the list of all the projects, um, because I, I know a lot of these projects are exciting and people want to get involved with them. Um, right there, because um, like yeah, I mean some of these things you can invest, you can make some money back. Other things, it's it's you can you can volunteer and, and help change the world. Um, you know, there's there's so many things that I'm working on for so many different reasons, and you know. We, we're growing. We need help. We need a lot more people involved. But um, you know, it's that that's kind of the center where, where everything's going to be. So um, so check that one out. Excellent, excellent. Yep. Yeah, and um, I'm going to be at the Libertarian uh, Wisconsin Convention on the 29th next week on Friday. I'm going to be interviewing all our Libertarian representatives there. Everybody in the party. I'm trying to talk everybody's head off and spread the message as much as possible. Um, thank you very much, Dan Berman. Dan, taxation is theft. Hit him up, danforfreedom.com. Hit him up on Enough for Knowledge. Uh, taxationistheft.com. Or dot info. info. Taxationistheft.info. Hit that one up because I think the government is uh, screwing everybody because, you know, income tax, this is what I need to survive. And they're taking it before I even get it. And then every time I buy something, they're taking it. Every time I sell something, they're taking it. Even if I die, they're going to take that. anything that I'm going to pass on and, and, and say, oh. oh, no, you got to be taxed on that as well. So um, taxation is absolutely theft. I'm the Lunatic Libertarian, Justin Lomnis. That is Dan. Taxation is theft, Berman. And this is the Lunatic Libertarian podcast. And we are out. Thank you very much, everybody.